0: This is the Edified Podcast for the Servant. When the truth is preached, the responsibility of stewardship shifts from the preacher to the hearer. Okay, Let's say that you, preacher, have done your job, and you have faithfully and effectively heralded God's Word with the stewardship that He has given you, and you have encountered God through that, and you give that encountering through the heralding of His Word, and it is faithful and true. Now what happens is up to them that's when the the shift goes from them to you if somebody has preached what is false jack sutton then judgment falls upon you and the hearer must judge it to be false they they have to they have to be accountable uh and they have to be uh, they got to hold my feet to the fire and i tell people i Road that often and listen don't 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 listen to me there is no clout with me yes i've went to school yes i've trained yes i've studied all week but i could be wrong I could be wrong. And keeping that humble state of, listen, I'm no better than you. I'm doing the best that I can. I've given my diligence to this, and I hope it's what's right and what's true. And biblically, I have found it to be. But if there's something that I'm missing, please advise me. Okay, That, that amount of transparency is something that every, every member needs to hear. And because if it is true and they reject it, the blood is on their heads. If there are people who are not willing to be uh, responsible for what they hear, then they themselves are going to be in trouble. So they have to judge something to be right or true, right or false. That's, that's their obligation. The principle is abundantly clear from Scripture. It is. And, and let's, let's look at three examples of this, okay? Ezekiel, James, and Paul. In Ezekiel three eighteen through 21, it shows the herald must not remain silent when the Lord summons him to speak. He must speak when, where, and what the Lord wills. If he does not, then judgment falls upon them. He says in verse 18, If I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you give him no warning, nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way in order to save his life, Uh, that wicked person shall die for his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. Now verse 20, it says, Again, if a righteous person turns from his righteousness and commits injustice, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die. Because you have not warned him, he shall die for his sin and his righteous deeds that he has done shall not be remembered, but his blood I will require at your hand. So if the steward faithfully uh, speaks the word of God, then he is not held guilty for someone else's responses. That's what verse 19 and verse 21 teaches. So (laughs) if you warn the wicked, uh, verse 19 says, And he does not turn from his wickedness or from his wicked way. He shall die from his iniquity, but you have you have and you will have delivered your soul. Verse 21, but if you warn the righteous person not to sin and he does not sin, he shall surely live because he took warning and you will have delivered your soul. So the New Testament continues this theme concerning uh, the responsibility of teachers. James states that the teacher of the word will receive a stricter judgment. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that he who teach. That we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. As chapter three and verse one, uh, Acts twenty twenty six and twenty seven clarifies that the preacher will not be judged for the unfaithful response of the people, if they have fully declared the whole counsel of God. I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. This is this is important because Paul explicitly states that some will not respond positively. And he even tells this group of elders in in verse 30, he says, And from among your own selves you're going to rise men who are speaking twisted things, and you're going to draw the disciples away after you. And so even so that he he tells them this, and even though he knows this, he, he remains innocent of their blood. And so if you fail to warn, it, it's on you. But if you warn and they refuse, it's on them. And if you warn and they hear, uh, you've delivered them and yourself. So there's a a cycle of this stewardship. And we've talked about the past couple of episodes, how encountering God through His Word can lead to judgment, both to the hearer and to you. And let me emphasize the positive side of this stewarding, uh, of this heralding, of this encountering. One, one of the most important effects of the ministry of the Word is the principle of, of repetition, okay? So I want you to think about this. God's Word goes to the steward of the Word. The steward of the Word becomes a herald of the Word. The herald of the Word goes to the audience. The audience are stewarding and heralding, and it's repeated by that audience, all through God's word, so it's the cycle, if you will. God's word, God's steward, uh, the the heralding of the steward, uh, the audience, and the and the audience stewarding and heralding it repeated by them. That's that's how this continual cycle goes. The ministry of the word, done well on part of the, I'll, I'll take it a step further up, the pastoral shepherding, uh, because they are the ones charged of point men of feeding the flock of God. That leads to an effective ministry of the Word on the part of the congregation. This cycle of stewardship is going to make an impact at home and abroad. As the church goes, so goes the home. As the home goes, so goes the church. So let's look at this. First, the, the ministry of the Word is is needed at home. Let's begin there. Hebrews 3 and verse 12 warns that some may have an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. And the author of Hebrews calls for the congregational action. He says, take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. This action is defined um, in terms of a congregational ministry of the word practice. Because he says in verse 13, exhort one another every day as long as it is called today that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. So once the baton of stewardship passes from the preacher to the church, the church is going to look for a way to herald the truth of the Word within the realm of their relationships. That's the home. That's the work. That's the school. That's whatever it may be. So the first aspect, the ministry of the Word is needed at home. Second, the ministry of the Word is needed abroad. Okay? The happiest thing that can that can happen to a minister of the word is to see the word do a work uh, of of missions mobilization. In Matthew 24:14 Jesus said, and this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come. Now, Matthew 24, you and I well know that this is in regards to uh to the the destruction of Jerusalem. People will hear what Jesus has said, and God will work this and cause this this missions by burdening their hearts to go preach the gospel to the nations and Some are going to adopt Paul's ambitions to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, and that's a wonderful thing romans fifteen twenty so this cycle this cycle of stewardship of this heralding. Of this encountering at home is going to lead to the stewarding, heralding, and, and encountering abroad. What we equip the folks at the church to do is to take it to their home and then to the nations. That's what Ephesians 4, 11, and 12 is about. So this cycle says that one cannot spread a flame of the Word abroad unless people are first aflame with Word at home. So as we, we wrap up this idea that we've been focusing on the the thesis of preaching and and that we are to be, uh, we we have become we have become stewards of God's word. We're a herald of God's word, and we we help people encounter God's word in the way that they should, based on where they are in life. And that stewardship then shifts to them, and it's up to them. And 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 that preaching has brought a judgment. If it's faithful preaching, it's brought a judgment on them, uh, and it may in turn involve a a judgment on us. We we are going to be judged uh, more harshly for preaching. Uh, probably not so much about by the lord i would say uh but i would say with your brethren that's what that's what uh, garland elkins told us he said i feel like james is teaching us that that the stricter judgment is not on not on us from god he said but from the brethren uh to us that they'll view us differently because of this um this stance that we're willing to take so you know these three categories fit Within the perspective approach, of a, a what a theologian named John Frame, okay, the the normative perspective focuses on the unchanging authority of the Word of God, and this situational perspective traces the changing steward and herald uh, paradigms throughout the words. The ex- existential perspective stresses the reality of encountering God. Through his words, and so these these concepts give the ministry of the word a balanced and wide ranging really biblical base this 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 thesis and this this argument these conversations we've been having the past few episodes um has argued that the concepts of stewarding and heralding and encountering allow the whole Bible to speak with respect to what preaching is, and so we're going to shift the gears of the how uh, in, the, in the next coming episodes. Um, I want to show that there's a link between the what and the how of preaching. Um, and I want to end this episode on a note of of encountering God. Uh, Isaac Watts, some of you know him and his hymns that he wrote, and how sweet and awful is this place. It, it strikes a... a a right balance on on what we've been talking about the past few episodes some encounter the feast with thankful tongues while others make a wretched choice and rather starve than come so some may starve but it will it will not be because the feast is fake like a fake fruit basket that that, that looks appealing but but it does nothing to satisfy a person's hunger The real gospel is a feast of good news, and God sovereignly opens our eyes so that we taste and see with the result that we are satisfied for all eternity through the preaching of his word. So all who have tasted the goodness of the gospel long for this all-satisfying Savior to be named where he is not named. As Watts would say, Pity the nations, O our God, constrain the earth to come. Send thy victorious word abroad and bring the strangers home. Let it be so, Lord. May God bless us in the preaching and teaching of his word.